Here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the New England Patriots. This is the Patriots Wire podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now your host, Ryan O'Leary and Patriots Wire editor, Henry McKenna. Hey there, welcome into our week 15 episode for the regular season. Friendly reminder to all of our listeners to hit that subscribe button. Just search the Patriots Wire wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Spotify, or whatever's easiest for you. And we appreciate each and every one of the listeners. Henry, let's reset our thoughts uh, coming out of the bye week, shall we? It, it seems like not a bad week for the Patriots, right? Tom Brady and the Bucks they take care of the Bills. Now 33-3 and all-time Brady is against the Bills. How about that? Uh, the Ravens also go down, right? So now there's this like three-way tie for first atop the AFC. And the Patriots own the head-to-head with the Titans. I guess we got to worry about the Chiefs, but it seems like a decent little bye week for the Patriots, right? As usual, things are kind of just falling in place for the Patriots. It's, it's been a theme this year. Pretty wild. Yeah. I think it will be competitive down the stretch. A, a lot of the analytics websites are giving the Patriots a huge statistical advantage to finishing in the top spot in the AFC, but they don't have the easiest schedule. I was taking a look at it. Obviously the Colts are this week on a Saturday. They're in Indy. Then they host the bills, which is good, but I don't think we got the best sense of how good this bills team is. Now this game will not be played during a tornado, right? This next game. Yeah, it's definitely sort of an, an anomaly. And then, the Jaguars obviously are an easy W. Maybe they fire Urban Meyer before the Jaguars come to town. And so they have that weird, like, new coach rallying cry. And all of a sudden they play well, which is very common. Like, statistically, it's backed up that, like, sudden coaching changes can lead to an increase in wins immediately after the firing. And then finally, there's the Dolphins game. And it's it's week 18, which we've never seen before. But it's also because this year they added a new game to the schedule, a full 17-game season. But then there's the element of bizarre things happening at the end of the season in Miami. And this is the end of the end. <laughs> it's more of the end than ever before because of the extra game. So it's kind of uh, a tricky one. And with the Chiefs kind of chasing the Patriots, and the Chiefs looking really good last week, I think it it could get a little more interesting than people anticipate. Nothing ever goes right in those late games in Miami for the Patriots, right? Yeah, I agree with you. There is some tricky games in this schedule, no doubt. And the Chiefs are a team that I think people aren't talking as much about the Chiefs as because the Patriots are on a slightly better win streak. But the Chiefs are right there, too. They're, they're winning every single game as well. And it, it does feel like a race between the Pats and the Chiefs. But let me throw this at you, Henry. Do you think the Pats, the way they're constructed this year, do you think they need the first round by to make a deep playoff run. If they were going to make the Super Bowl, do you think they need that first round by this year? I think every team benefits enormously from a first round by. The Patriots are, are lucky enough to have gotten their regular season by this week or last week, however you want to think of it. The week 14 by is the latest possible by you can get. And for a team like the Patriots, who didn't deal with that many injuries, knock on wood for all players everywhere, you never want to root for an injury, but like some teams that have late season buys, they kind of like limp into their buy and then they get healthy. Patriots were healthy going into their late buy. And so that's a good thing. The first week of the postseason buy 
is directly correlated with Super Bowl success, like getting to the Super Bowl. If you have that first buy, I mean, you have a much higher probability. Not only do you have to win one fewer game, but your players, you get an extra week to prepare and your players get an extra week to rest. And there are some very obvious reasons why it's correlated to major, major increase in statistical ability to make it to the to the Super Bowl. If the Pats are going to get that first round by, uh, a win over the Colts this week would certainly help. This is a, this is a fun little matchup with the Colts, right? And it, it's gotten more interesting because of what the Colts have been saying this week. Now, there's a linebacker over there. I know you had a post about this on the Patriots wire, Henry. Bobby Okereke comes out and says basically, yeah, our game plan is going to be to make them one-dimensional and see what the kid can do, right? So he basically says, we're going to stack the box. We're going to take away that run game with Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson. We're going to make the rookie quarterback beat us. Throwing a little bit of shade at Mac Jones, right? Like, what do you think about that, Henry, when you kind of when you kind of saw those comments? A little bit of shade of at Mac Jones. Definitely. I mean, it's one thing for a game plan to throw shade at Mac Jones. It's another thing to tell everyone that your game plan is going to make Mac Jones beat you because that's – it's like throwing down the gauntlet. It's like saying, you know what, Mac Jones, not only do not only are we going to have a game plan that shows you that we don't think you can beat us, but we're going to tell you ahead of time that that's what we're doing. And I mean, you know, there's nothing crazy about what he said, which is the Patriots. You know, we know the Patriots are going to want to run the ball heavily. That's what we're going to focus on defending. That's not crazy. That's like what every team has done, but I don't know. It just, it struck me as kind of bold to just say that a team like the Patriots take, they just make Bel- Bill Belichick uses his like Jedi mind tricks to make everyone take things so seriously. And so personally is just going to, it's going to be a form of motivation. I bet Bill is going to put that, you know, make Mac Jones very aware of that. And it will probably be an interesting one to see if, you know, Josh McDaniels ultimately focuses on preparing Jones to, to do just what the Colts don't think he can do, which is beat that defense. When I look at the Colts defense, I mean, they're an opportunistic kind of defense. They take the ball away. They're one of the best defenses in football at stripping the ball, getting interceptions. They're very opportunistic, but they're not like this, like shut you down kind of defense, right? Henry, like teams move the ball in the Colts. They're not this like great shutdown defense. So I, I just, I just be careful what I wish for. I'd be careful what I wish for. I would be watching the film of that game against the Bills in the tornado, you know, up at Old Orchard Park and, and think that that's how the Patriots are going to play you. Like, I, Mac's going to throw the football more than three times, and he's pretty good when he does throw it, right? They, they tend to scheme it up pretty well, and I, I think the Colts are a defense that likes to take chances and make plays. I guess my reaction to that, Henry, is be careful what you wish for because they might dare the rookie quarterback to beat them and Mac might just slice and dice them, right? Like, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if that's the case. The Colts' defense is actually pretty solid at points allowed, which is like the best metric, at least by the Patriots' standards, of how good they actually are. So their points allowed is at 21.8, which is ninth best. And considering they score the third most points on offense – at 28.5, I actually think it's possible that the Colts defense is even better than that number portrays, as in, like, because they teams that score a lot of points, it's rare for them to – they let the opposing team get some yards and some points to drain the clock. So it's, it's sometimes there are, like, garbage time points baked into 
they're getting their points allowed. So ninth is a pretty solid number. What's interesting about the defense, though, is they're better at defending the pass than they are at defending the run. So if they're going to be coming out as a run-focused defense, I wonder how much they'll have to compensate for their shortcomings as a run defense, right? Because if their focus is defending the run, and the Patriots are going to try and run, even though that's what the defense is, is showing them is try and throw on us, they'll probably try and run it anyway because that's what they like to do is kind of just keep going to the run and, and grind away. But if it's not working and they're committing like eight men in the box, then they're weakening their pass defense, which is typically their strength. So it will be kind of interesting to see if they're going to weaken their run, their pass defense and really sell out for the run. I think not only are the Patriots probably going to be able to run anyway and, and probably average a good, like a healthy four and a half yards, four yards per carry, but I think Mac Jones is also going to be able to throw the ball against sort of an undermanned defense because they're going to be putting extra defenders on the line of scrimmage. They're going to be running a lot of man-on-man defense that probably like guys like Kendrick Bourne and Hunter Henry can beat pretty consistently. Actually, Kobe Myers, too. All right, we'll have more takes on Pat's Colts here coming up in a little bit, including some betting angles for this game. Uh, but coming up next is our questions of the week. Stick with us. This is the Typical Sportsbook Fantasy Minute. Let's make this interesting. Interesting. Corey Benini with TheHuddle.com here to bring you strong plays for Week 15. The fantasy football playoffs are upon us in most formats, so let's dive right in. Quarterback Tua Tonga-Vailoa, Miami Dolphins versus New York Jets. First of all, the Jets have picked off a league low four passes in 2021, and the position has averaged 15.6% more points per game than average in the last five weeks when facing this defense. Tua comes off his bye with a COVID-riddled backfield that could lead to extra passing attempts. The Dolphins are healthy enough at wide receiver and tight end, though, and feature a promising rookie in Jalen Waddle to give the Jets trouble. Tonga Vailoa went for 22.3 fantasy points in the Week 11 meeting, which was his best performance in the last five weeks. Sony Michelle, Los Angeles Rams versus Seattle Seahawks. This one's a little bit dicey just because of the situation. Running back Daryl Henderson has a thigh injury and was also placed on the COVID list last week, and he's uncertain for Week 15. Michelle has a strong matchup ahead and could be relied upon even more if Odell Beckham Jr. cannot clear the COVID protocols as well. In the last five weeks, running backs have averaged 34.2% more fantasy points per game versus Seattle than the league average. Both Henderson and Michelle scored in the Week 5 meeting, and the position has produced six different 20-plus point performances against this defense since that contest. Wide receiver Marquise Brown, Baltimore Ravens versus Green Bay Packers. Ever since tallying 116 yards on nine catches against the Vikings, Brown has averaged 46 yards on six receptions and no touchdowns in the last four. That's just 7.7 yards per catch. Not good. His speed could be an issue for the Packers, though, as they have allowed receptions for touchdowns of 79 yards, 54 yards, 46 yards, and 54 yards just in the last two games. And two of those came on short passes. There's some upside here with Brown Sunday, regardless of whether it's Lamar Jackson or Tyler Huntley throwing his way. Tight end Ricky Seals-Jones, Washington football team at Philadelphia Eagles. Seals-Jones returned from injury last week only to stink up the joint with one catch on his four-target performance. The Eagles have been exceptionally generous to tight ends in 2021, and no team has given up more catches 
passes, yards, or scores to the position. That's the triple crown in fantasy football matchups. If there's such thing as a get-right game for a career backup, this would have to be it. Quarterback Taylor Heineke's knee injury is worth monitoring, but he is expected to play. In your pursuit of a championship, be sure to check out thehuddle.com for more award-winning fantasy football news, tips, information, and advice. That was your typical sportsbook fantasy minute. Win your fantasy football league with thehuddle.com and use them to dominate player prop bets at Typico Sportsbook. For a limited time, new Typico Sportsbook users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. See typico.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus only gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. All right, here's a little lightning round of questions for you, Henry. Three questions that you were not prepped on, and here's question number one. The Colts are being featured right now in the first in-season hard knocks, and Bill Belichick seems to think they're idiots for doing this. Now, I say that, you know, kind of LOL. I, I know that's he didn't say that, come out and say that. Just That's what you get from his tone, right, in his pressers. So if the Patriots were to do this documentary-style hard knocks, hypothetically, I know this would never happen, but if the Patriots were to do this, would you think it would, A, be the most interesting season of all time, the most boring season of all time, or somewhere in the middle? Probably the most boring. I believe that the team that's covered in Hard Knocks, they get the opportunity to decide like what content goes out. So if Belichick, Belichick was like the executive producer, so to speak, of his own season, He'd be like, nope, cut that. Nope, <laughs> cut that. Nope, cut that. So by the end of it, they'd be like doing five minute episodes because they're like, well, Bill wouldn't let us do this or this or this. So I could see it being pretty, pretty boring. I mean, the occasional snippet of information might come out and it might make sort of all the difference where we've never had that level of access to the Patriots and the NFL would just like find a way to make some things interesting. HBO would would find a way to tell a story. But in all likelihood, Belichick would just absolutely drown them with boredom because also he probably never wants them to come back. So if they have anything that's interesting, he'd, he'd never want them to think that they'll get an interesting story out of it because then maybe they'd be like, oh, well, the Patriots season was actually surprisingly successful. Maybe we'll do that again. I was like, nope, nope, just absolutely nothing. Give them nothing. Yeah, I agree 100%. I think it would be the most hyped-up season in Hard Knocks history, but it'd be the greatest letdown, for sure. You know Belichick would censor it. I agree 100%. Just like Jerry Jones did. That Cowboys Hard Knocks this preseason, Henry, If I don't know if people were, were tuning into that. I was because I'm so freaking bored in August. i got to watch something. So Hard Knocks, I'm, I'm all over that in, the, in August. There was some good stuff early on in the first couple episodes, and then it just became the Jerry Jones show. Like, it was just Jerry Jones, like, Jerry Jones in his helicopter. Jerry Jones walked around the facility. Jerry Jones, Jerry Jones. It was just like, Jerry Jones basically said, no more football content. You can you can get me for an hour. So, uh, I'm not sure if Belichick would be into that, have the camera in his own face, but maybe Jonathan Kraft or something. They, they do something like that. You know, follow, follow me around. Here's, here's the private jet. Check this out. So, yeah, no, it, it would... I don't think we would get the football content that we would actually want, but... It's more fun being on this side of it, on the Patriots side of it, being on Belichick's side, and just thinking everybody's stupid for being on the hard knock. So we can call the Colts stupid this week, Henry. Um, all right, question number two. Cliff Kingsbury over in Arizona told reporters that the Coach of the Year award should be named after Bill Belichick. 
Uh, I know Pat's fans had some fun with this one this year, uh, this week on social media. And Belichick responded that the award should just be given to Kingsbury because the Arizona Cardinals are so good. So let's talk about this a little bit, right? Does Belichick, who is the favorite right now on Tipico by a wide margin, do you think he has any real competition to, to win Coach of the Year this uh, this season, Henry? That is a good question. I don't think so. Help me out here. Who are the other people who have good odds to win it? I would say the top three right now are Belichick, Kingsbury, Matt LaFleur. Okay, yeah, then no-brainer. It's got to be Belichick among those three. Kingsbury, he just lost in primetime to the Rams. (laughs) And, like, he just – his team as a whole is just, like, they just don't strike me as ready I don't know. I, I love the Cardinals as like a Sunday to Sunday product that I get to watch, if that makes sense, where it's like, this is going to be an exciting game. This is a cool offense to watch. Kyler Murray is a unique talent, and the offense that surrounds him is electric. So from a fantasy football standpoint and like a offensive obsessed viewer, I think that's great. But I don't think Kingsbury shows off like quality coaching on the whole. He's got a good, I mean, it's clear he's got a good football mind and and better than kind of we gave him credit for when he initially rose into that job, which was hilarious because he had just gotten fired from his college job and somehow landed like a primo NFL job. But I don't like him that much. And Matt LaFleur, I don't think he's deserving either i mean like what i don't know why this year would be any different than other years where he's his team's been good but i mean it's not really as much credit to him as it is aaron Rodgers. so it's got to be belichick i mean the truth is most years it's got to be belichick it's just that belichick never gets enough credit and we always make the comparison it's like oh lebron won the mvp for all those years and you know they had to give it to Derek rose that one year and <laughs> blah 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 well, the comparison should be going the other way. It's like, give him his fourth. Come on, people. He's got six Super Bowls, and you're, you, you've you only given him three Coach of the Year awards? It is it is baffling. It is, yeah. yeah. How many AFC Championship games has he been to? Like, 13. I don't think any of his competition can really match what he's done with the Patriots this year. Like you said, Matt LaFleur, Aaron Rodgers, uh, Cliff Kingsbury's got Kyler Murray, Belichick's got a rookie quarterback who he's coaching up and also coaching the hell out of his defense. He's coached his uh, his ass off this year. So, yeah, I'm with you. Give Belichick the award. Uh, All right, question number three. At the beginning of the year, it's interesting how things change, right, Henry? At the beginning of the year, I just wanted a season, right? I just wanted the Patriots to be in the hunt at this point. As long as they were legitimately in the hunt for the playoffs, I would have considered this year a success. But now we have to kind of change that, right? So what would you say the Patriots have to do now going from this point forward, for the year to be deemed a success? Or it's fair for you to already say it is, but do you think they need to be at least the AFC East champions? Or do they need to be the number one seed? Or do they need to win a playoff game? Like, Let's redefine what we think would be a successful season for the Patriots. What's your criteria? I I think mine is make it to the AFC championship game. I think they should get that far because of what the AFC looks like right now. I'm not saying they need to win a Super Bowl to be a success, even though that's probably what they're saying inside the building. But I don't know if Mac Jones is ready to go win a Super Bowl. I don't even know if he's ready to win an AFC championship game. If he's playing against Pat Mahomes, I don't, I don't know how that game's going to end. Or I guess I think I do know how that's going to end, yeah. which is that Pat Mahomes is going to the Super Bowl I got, a, I got a bad feeling about that one. 
but go on. Well, yeah, you look at their games against clutch quarterbacks, and admittedly, it was the very beginning of the season, uh, which we have kind of come to discount at this point because they, the Patriots look so different. But Dak Prescott, incredibly clutch, very good at finishing off games. Guess what he did to the Patriots? He finished them off because Mac Jones wasn't really able to respond. And then what about Tom Brady? Same thing. A fourth quarter, you know, go ahead field goal, help the Bucs, uh, beat the Patriots. So you, you get a guy like Patrick Mahomes who can really take control over a fourth quarter. And, you know, I have an inkling that that basically the Patriots won't be able to win a, an AFC championship game against them. But I think that getting into that AFC championship game, being one of the best four teams in the NFL in Mac Jones's rookie season, a quarterback who, frankly, was not expected to he was expected to hit the ground running to a degree, like operating an offense, but not necessarily expected to bring the Patriots to that point. So I think they should get to that AFC championship game. And I think if they get into the Super Bowl, they have exceeded my expectations. And if they win the Super Bowl, then, you know, probably the best coaching job Bill Belichick's done since Tom Brady won his first Super Bowl, since Belichick won his first Super Bowl. For me, the way I answered this one, Henry. I think in a lot of ways it's already a successful season because the Patriots did they've checked all my boxes for my checklist for this year, right? You know, they closed the gap on the Bills or maybe have caught the Bills, right? It's crazy to think that after last year, but maybe they've caught the Bills. They had their quarterback of the future, right? And Belichick's defense is back, firing on all cylinders. I think they've checked a lot of my boxes. I think if I'm resetting my expectations, I just want them to win a playoff game. That's where I'm at. I think if they win a playoff game, I'm good. Anything after that, getting to the AFC Championship game, uh, Super Bowl, that's all icing on the cake for me. But I will say this. If the Bucks get to the Super Bowl, then it's a complete failure if the Pats don't. Because if the Bucks are going to get to the Super Bowl, the Patriots certainly have to, Henry. They certainly have to, right? We need that in our lives um, if yeah. it happens, if the Bucks do it on the NFC side, right? So <laughs> it's only a failure if the Bucks make it. That's that's where I'm at. <laughs> I, I appreciate that yeah, take. I think that's a good one. It's my unreasonable take. It would take be a me. letdown. <laughs> yeah, it'll be a let down, letdown if the if the Bucks make it and the Patriots deprived us of a Tom Brady, Bill Belichick Super Bowl. Yeah, then we can crush them for that. So that I told you, I had no scorchers <laughs> coming off the bye week, but I actually did. I had that one hidden, hidden in the uh, <laughs> hidden in the notes here, hidden in the notebook. So all right, Pats, Colts, the Patriots are underdogs heading to Indianapolis. We'll tell you by how much and make a pick right after this. This is the typical sports book minute. Let's make this interesting. What's up? This is Jeff Clark from the Bet Slippin' Podcast presented by SportsbookWire.com. I'm here with my handicapping homie, Nathan Beagle, to break down this week's Monday Night Football game between the Minnesota Vikings and the Chicago Bears. The Chicago Bears are getting 3.5 points at home. The total's 43.5. I'm on the Chicago Bears getting 3.5 points because Matt Nagy Chicago Bears are 5-1 and one straight up and 4-2 and two against the spread since he became head coach in 2018. Also, I think Chicago's running game will be able to help out their rookie quarterback, Justin Fields. Minnesota's defense has the second worst rushing success rate. I'm on the, bank of the Bears getting 3.5 at home. Nate, how do you play this game? So I'm on the over here. Justin Fields showed what he's capable of against a good Packers defense last week and Chicago's top 20 and four of their last six games. Also, Dalvin Cook ran over the Steelers and the Bears don't have a great rush defense. Give me the over 44 and a half points. 
That was your Tifico Sportsbook Minute. For a limited time, new users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. See Tifico.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus only gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. Pats, two and a half point underdogs heading to Indianapolis this week. Saturday night primetime game. Saturday night. This is uh, this is like the fun part of the season, right? Mid to late December. Start getting football on Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. I mean, this is pretty sweet. Doesn't get better than this. Yeah, I love it. Uh, I mean, as someone who usually only gets Saturday off, I don't love it, but I do <laughs> love the matchup. You can take Sunday off this week. Um, no, I got to write the, the postgame uh, material. Course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You never yeah. get a day off. But sports writing is fun, so it's fun. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, this is going to be a great matchup. I love these two teams going head-to-head because of, you know, we talked a little bit about it earlier, how similar they are. The Colts are more diehard runners, uh, and they have one running back that they live and die by, which is Jonathan Taylor. Patriots' run game is built mostly around their offensive line, and it's it's less important about who's running the ball. If they had a Jonathan Taylor, it would be an incredible thing to watch because I think uh, the Patriots' offensive line is pretty comparable to that Colts one, which is really special uh, group of, of blockers. So what happens in this game? I am a little bit torn. Uh, currently, I feel like the Colts win, and probably by a field goal, so those points – that spread, I think you could probably take the Colts. But I think at the end of last game, I, I promised everyone that if they beat the Bills, I would pick the Patriots every every game from now on. I think you did say <laughs> but that. Yes, you did. I, I'm willing to call myself out. But that game, I didn't really like gain faith in the Patriots because that game was so strange. Yeah, how could so you? So I, I kind of feel like this. you and I are talking about that letdown game that is on the way. I kind of feel like they lose to the Colts this week and beat the Bills next week. Just a hunch. So that's that's why I think maybe you go with the Colts here. But you could see the Colts just like kind of – they're an inconsistent team, and the Pats are a very consistent team. So if the Colts don't show up, the, the Pats have a very easy avenue to success. Like they're just – the Pats are a machine, you know, so it's just a question of whether the Colts show up at their best because they're at their best they can beat the Patriots. But if – and that's why I think like a home game, prime time, the Colts are probably going to show up, I would think, and especially after the bye. Both both teams are coming in from a bye. The Patriots, from a betting standpoint, they've been covering machines, right? They just cover every spread, uh, and they have been during this win streak. So my gut is just to take the points because I think – these two teams are pretty close, and I do feel I'm, I'm with you. I think it might be a field goal game either way. Could definitely see it going Indy's way. There's no doubt about that. I don't think that's a scorching take at all, Henry. I think it could easily go that way. I don't love that this game is being played in Indianapolis in their dome, right? I'd rather them be outside in the Patriots' weather. Uh, even right. though the Colts are kind of a team that travels well. They played pretty well in the weather at Buffalo earlier this year. I don't, and I, you just mentioned it. I don't love that the the Colts also had a bye week. I wish they had a game last week, but they didn't. They were on a bye as well, so the Patriots can't use that to their advantage. And I don't love that the Pats have been in the middle of the road against the run this year defensively, and they've had some stinkers like that Tennessee game. I pulled up this stat. I'm just looking at some of the analytics. The Colts uh, over the past three weeks, 
they've averaged 14.7 rushing first downs per game. There's a lot of teams that don't get 14 first downs in an entire game anyway, Henry. The Colts are just Mm -hmm. rushing for 14.7 first downs in their last three. Just kind of shows you how efficient that run game is with Jonathan Taylor. I mean, the Colts have that nasty offensive line and Jonathan Taylor, and it it is scary, right? It does give you pause. So I think I would would take the the points because the Pats have been so good and they've been covering machines, and you might as well take the points. Maybe it's a two-point spread at the end and and you, and you, you cash out there, but... I don't feel good about it at all. And another <laughs> another thing about it is the Colts are 6 and 2 in their last 8 games, right? They're they're, they're yeah. on fire too. And their losses were one score games to the Bucks and the Titans. So, uh You're cracking me up cuz you're only making me feel better about picking yeah, the Colts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't blame you at all. I don't blame you at all for picking the Colts. I guess that's what I was going to say. I think it's a coin flip kind of game. So, all right, let's see if we can maybe find some uh, some common ground on the total, 45 and a half. I think there will be a lot of action on the under because both teams want to run the football a lot, Henry. But what do you think? What's your gut reaction there? I think give me the over there. I think these two teams, the Colts are, I think the Colts are going to score a fair amount of points. And if the Patriots are going to throw the ball, they actually in like in throwing focused games, they actually score a fair amount of points. So I, I think you could go over and feel good about that. All right, you think we Am I gave, crazy? No, I don't think at all. No, I'm with you. I'm, I, you know, just because the public are going under doesn't mean you 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 go with the public. Sometimes fading the public's the right play. Um, yeah, yeah. I just think it, it depends if the Patriots are settling for field goals or not. Yeah, you know, if Nick Folk's kicking five field goals. Maybe the maybe the over still in play if he kicks five of them. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, I think it just comes down, like I said earlier, just to finishing drives. I just hope the Patriots, you know, if the Colts are really going to dare Mac Jones to beat them, I hope the Patriots let Mac take some shots at the end zone. You know, give him some shots to throw some touchdown passes. If they do that, I think he could hit a couple. And I think the over. I'm with you. I'm with you on the over. Uh, let's go. Let's go over forty five and a half. That's our pick of the week. That's our common ground. I don't know if we've given sports betters uh, any confidence at all, though, Henry. I think I've talked in circles this whole time. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we ever give sports betters <laughs> confidence. <laughs> I, should go, I should go back and find, figure out our record. So, uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be a lot of fun. Saturday night, Pats, Colts, can't wait for it. For Henry McKenna, I'm Ryan O'Leary. Thanks for joining us again. Hit that subscribe button if you haven't already, and we will catch you after Pats, Colts next week. Talk to you then. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.